What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to CFB Unfiltered. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Josh Taylor and Donovan White once again here on the Believe Podcast Network and also streaming on the 365 Sports YouTube channel. Go ahead and do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, give us a like, all those good things, because we're going to be talking about some rapid reactions of college football that we'll get to here in a minute, some previews like Oklahoma Baylor coming up. Uh, you know, we've got Ohio State Purdue, which has turned into a, a very interesting game here coming up. And then we're going to break down Texas AM at Ole Miss. We'll give you our best bets of the week, our future headlines, all that kind of stuff. Um, but right before I even kick it over to my co-host, right out of the gate, we're going to thank our sponsor here with speaking, speaking of the best bets, guys. If you want to put a little bit of action on whether it's basketball, whether it's football, hockey, boxing, anything that you want to lay down some things and just get a little bit more interested in that contest, you need to head on over to Bet Online because Bet Online remains the number one spot for all basketball and football action this season, and they have a brand new website. So head over to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo, which is Believe50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5, to receive your bonus from basketball, football, as I mentioned, hockey, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games, whatever you can think of, guys. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers that are going on through the rest of this 2021 season. So bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, once again, always thankful for bet online and josh speaking of uh, where things start we're going to start tonight with our rapid reactions here and we're going to get it started off with uh you know what transpired over there in east lansing Mm-mm-mm. michigan state falls the profession of these spartans is disappointment donovan says as purdue wins 40 to 29 michigan state looks like they're going to go on this magical run you know they're getting the respect from the college football committee and then Aiden O'Connell just throws all over that Spartan defense. 
536 yards and three touchdowns. Look, Michigan State ran Kenneth Walker the third until the wheels fell off. 22 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. Peyton Thorne made some plays too, but Purdue showed they're no joke. You know, beating Iowa and then now beating Michigan State. That's two top three teams this season. I'm telling you guys, David Bell and Jalen Graham on defense is playmakers that no one's talking about. David Bell's one of the best wide receivers in the Big Ten now. I know Donovan's got some Ohio State guys he's going to talk about, but Jalen Graham's a guy you're going to hear on Sundays. He plays a linebacker. He plays safety. He's like a hybrid role. Purdue's going to make some noise, and don't be surprised uh, when we talk about them at the Ohio State game. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, Donovan, a little bit, uh, speaking of Ohio State, uh, what's your rapid reaction from that contest this weekend? Yeah, I mean, listen, Ohio State winning Nebraska is a 14.5-point favorite, and Nebraska almost played spoiler like they did against the rest of the top teams that they played uh, this season. You know, Ohio State showed some weak offensive line play, especially the interior, some youth again at quarterback from C.J. Stroud, and overall some questionable play, play calling, right, throwing it almost 55 times uh, by Ryan Day, just avoiding the run game whatsoever. Um, it was again, it's what Nebraska does this season, but it is certainly, you know, uh, some, some cause for concern for Buckeye fans out there. Absolutely. Speaking of cause for concern, Josh, six rushing yards for the Clemson Tide against LSU. I don't know what's uh, going on over there. I think Josh may be froze up on us right here. So I'm going to pretend I didn't kick that to Josh. And I'm just going to say, man, absolutely crazy with, uh, you know, an Alabama team being held to six yards rushing. That is insane for a Nick Saban coach team. So uh, very, very interesting to see the, the, the struggles that that Alabama offensive line is incurring right now. Uh, Donovan and, you know, LSU just threw some – it wasn't all – it wasn't only with the, and I'm gonna, uh, you know, take Josh off here while he's trying to get things going on with this. Had to duck out when we talked about the Crimson Tide struggles. I understand. I that's understand. it. That's it. He had to duck out a little bit right there. But yeah, Alabama, you know, they they struggled against an LSU yep. front that is not done great, really, uh, Donovan, in terms of being able to, you know, uh, take care of, you know, being gap sound. Uh, throughout this year there's been too many mistakes and man they look like world beaters against that Alabama offensive uh, front and that just seems to be uh, the consistency with Alabama this year has been that they've been inconsistent right they've not played uh, well on both sides of the football it seems all year there's been one side lacking and that's just not common for a Nick Saban coach team. Yeah, it's interesting. We saw their defense struggle a little bit earlier this season. Now we're seeing different aspects of their offense struggle. Right? Bryce Young a little bit early, kind of been more consistent as the season's rolled on. But now their offense line, one of the worst rushing outputs that we've seen in a long time, by not just by a Bama team, by a lot of teams, right, against a bad LSU team. It's interesting to see who's going to be most consistent when it's all said and done this year, other than Georgia. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you who is being consistent right now is Cincinnati. Cincinnati <laughs> is consistently sucking. And anybody that wants to tell me that Cincinnati belongs in the playoffs, I just re- refer to their performances against Navy, against Tulane, and against Tulsa. Uh, Cincinnati has no place being talked about as being one of the best four teams in college football. And if you're just wanting to see it for chaos purposes – then you do not want to see the best four teams in college football play because I'm telling you right now, they are not even close, Donovan. 
Yeah, I mean, I th- I heard a phrase. It was you know you you get one. I, I'm not sure which which commentator said you get one struggle, right? You get one you know kind of weird looking game. You get, and you get a second one. Okay, now we have some questions, and then you get a third, right? You you start to have some major problems that you know, and so and when you can't rely on a on a team that is you know number two in the AP poll, and I understand the playoff committee has them. Uh, I think they were six last time, right? Six yeah. or seven last time. Uh, they're top six, seven team in both polls, but you're struggling against just inferior competition. Not even, not even 500 competition, right? Navy was one in five at the time. Uh, the, you're not seeing the the uh, how do you want to put it the the power five level of of play that we thought Cincinnati had, right? That they they're not able to put teams away when they need to. Exactly, and again, Ohio State's had their struggles doing that. Bama's had their struggles doing that. Oklahoma's had their struggles doing. But the difference is, I don't I don't care how bad you know or mediocre some of the teams Ohio State or or Bama or Oklahoma played. They're not as bad as the competition, you know bad or mediocre that Cincinnati's playing it's just it's just a fact yeah no doubt and then eight the ACC's last hope that was our other uh react rapid reaction here was Wake Forest and you can see with our headline here Donovan uh big collapse in the ACC yeah I mean again the last chance for an ACC playoff bid is just extinguished right by the Tar Heels again by by North Carolina team that a lot of you know me you and Josh all had high hopes for going into the season with Sam Howell potential first round quarterback, but it's a shootout, right? It looked more like a big 12 game. Um, I don't know if that's going to be the new norm in the ACC, right? Ty Chandler for UNC just rushed all over Wake Forest. It was over 200 yards, four touchdowns. And again, just another blow to the ACC, uh, not just for playoffs, but for credibility uh, for this season going forward. Yeah, I mean, the ACC's done uh, officially now with Wake Forest being out of there. I don't think there's an ACC team that belongs even in the in the top ten. Maybe maybe Wake Forest, you could say, could hold on because they only got one loss. But it's uh, the ACC has been down tremendously with Clemson for years having been the only thing, in my opinion, that has even propped up the ACC to where they've been. So now, uh, you know, you see the ACC officially uh, crumbling down with – with perennial, you know, with traditional powers like Florida State and Miami being in the in the you know in the dumpster, so to speak, mm-hmm. and then uh, you know even though Miami's been playing better as of late, Virginia Tech's not the power they used to be um, back in the days. So you know there is a lot of concern if you're the ACC with what's going on, especially with teams like Oklahoma and Texas coming into the SEC. That that brand of big time college football there out of the sec and then of course out of the big 10 is only going to get stronger now with the acc struggling of course because it has an impact on recruiting but uh you know donovan each week we also go through our sets of the big three and we're going to start off right now with set number one of the big three which in our big three guys we touch on three sets of three different categories a future headline that we think will come out after this weekend's this upcoming weekend set of games our best bets and then our preview that we're going to hit on so without further ado let's hit the big three big All right, so we are going to hit right here the first headline for next week. Uh, you got it in here in the notes here, Donovan. I, I don't know if this is some of that Ohio State bias coming out against uh, that against the 
Michigan Wolverines, but you saying uh, Penn State's going to take down Michigan in uh, in Happy Valley. So you think uh, Michigan goes down for uh, a second loss over there to the Nittany Lions? Yeah, if if Michigan wouldn't have played Indiana last week, um, just with how down Indiana's been this season, I would have picked uh, any other team that they played against whom they weren't a bottom feeder uh, like Indiana, the Big Ten. I think Penn State's defense, regardless of what happened against Ohio State or even Illinois, as I understand they're both low-scoring games, is still pretty good, uh, leading towards great, right? It's in Happy Valley, right? It's going to be a whiteout. Um, I I don't think Michigan has the firepower to keep up with uh, teams in the Big Ten, and again, Penn State doesn't have the firepower to do so either. But Penn State has the defense, and when you lack that firepower on offense, especially for Michigan, I think they can create matchups um, – uh, you know, on the defensive side that can cause Michigan to struggle. And you have a guy like Jahan Dotson, uh, I think is going to make some plays against Michigan when it, when it counts. Like, I think Penn state was a point favorite. Um, you know, last time I checked might, might've gone back to even might've gone up, but again, Vegas is, is saying, Hey, we favor the Nittany lions in this. Yeah. And you never know what Nittany line team you're going to see. I mean, that's yeah. my only concern is you're going to see, are we going to see the, the team that played against Illinois or we're going to see the team that took Ohio state to the, mm-hmm. to the limit. You know, I, I don't really know um, what's going to happen there. I think Caden McNamara looked a lot better the last time, even though in spite of losing to Michigan state, I think he looked a lot better in that game a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see what ends up happening there. Also our best bet. We've got USF plus 24, versus oh and look who's back here guys we've got uh josh joining us back again so maybe that internet's gonna hold up for you over there josh he's in he's in some new digs now was it ironic that it was right when we started mentioning bama i don't don't know (laughs) look i did just move and like i'm actually near civilization now so you'd think the internet would be better because i was living out in the middle of nowhere but apparently not i literally just moved my router to like right here next to my desk so this better work so i'm sorry about that guys yeah, no, no doubt. So we we got Josh back, Josh, and just in time, our resident you know gambler here. We, you can talk about uh, USF plus twenty four versus Cincinnati. See, the thing is, betting wise, you should go Cincinnati on this one, but they haven't been able to prove that they can cover a spread. I don't think they've done it at all this season. I mean, especially I'm last not week, going with Cincinnati on any spread. I don't know what you're talking about. They, yeah, UCF. I mean, USF. They can put up some points too. Like they're not a terrible team. Like they are pretty bad. But Cincinnati has been playing down to all of their opponents. So don't be surprised if it's like another a week when they win by ten. Everyone's like, all right, why is Cincinnati ranked so high? Like, where's this you know respect Cincinnati stuff coming from? Like they're not showing anything against bad teams. Yeah, I think they're honestly. I think they're living off of a close performance against a Georgia team from over on New Year's Day last year, which Georgia was absolutely depleted in that game, and they still lost the game. I've never seen anybody have so many, so much legs off of a loss going into with what they returned and stuff like that. But Cincinnati absolutely does not belong in the national conversation. It, they're point blank; uh, they do not belong, uh, and I will stand on that. From here until the end of the year, they do not belong in the playoff. And if they get in, they are going to get their doors waxed by any team that go, else that goes in there. Won't even be close. Yeah, Desmond um, Ritter's good. He's not like one of those elite quarterbacks, though. Like he hasn't taken that step of like you know he he can start in the NFL. I don't know if he can. He's big. He's athletic. He kind of plays like. Colin Kaepernick, in a way, if I had to like compare him to somebody, honestly, that's who he reminds me of the most. I think Colin Kaepernick was a better passer, though. Um, and then Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner, like two top 
tier DBs in college football. So like, they have a phenomenal like cast, good talent. But like we talk about the run game, it's just drum four. Like there's nothing else. Maybe like Ritter a little bit. He has a few design runs and he can, you know, make things work on his feet. But outside of that, and they just don't really, I don't know. They just, they play down so much. They haven't came out and said like, we are this dominant undefeated team yet. So no, I'm with you. They got good talent. No doubt about it. But I just don't think they're a good like whole team. They can't put four quarters together. That's for sure. I got you. Absolutely. Now, for our first preview here, Donovan, we have Ohio State going against the Purdue Boilermakers. Obviously, Purdue, we already talked in a rapid reaction. They beat Michigan State. That, you know, Purdue, no uh, stranger to be able to pull it off upsets, right? It seems like they do it every year. And this year, they've done multiple beating uh, who was ranked at the time, I think, number two, Iowa. And then also uh, now with number three CFP ranked coming into the week, uh, Michigan State. So, Josh, I mean, uh, Donovan, you are a the resident Ohio State aficionado. How nervous are you going into this Purdue game? Not that nervous. Um, I think a, a matchup in Columbus serves well for Ohio State, and I still have memories of Purdue uh, ending the playoff run with, in the Dwayne Haskins year a couple of years ago. Um, this this is when Ohio State enters a gauntlet, right? We, we thought maybe it could start uh, with Indiana a little bit, and 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 it didn't. Right? Ohio State blew them out after the bye week. Uh, Nebraska gave them, gave them a scare. That's what it seems like what Nebraska has been doing this season. Um, Purdue is is that team that that kicks us off, right? If if you win out these games, you're going to play Purdue, which is going to be ranked. Just um, matter of are they going to be inside the top twenty, you know, kind of twenty two, twenty three range. Then you're going to play. Michigan State, you're going to play Michigan. You know, if you win those games, you're going to go play Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin. You're going to play four ranked teams in a row. The thing that scares me the most with this Purdue team and versus Ohio State in the matchup wise is Purdue. You know, they come in with the eighth ranked passing offense in all of college football. Ohio State defensively has gotten better. Their front four is fantastic at stopping run. They get to the passer pretty well too. What they have struggled with is youth in the in the back seven. Those linebackers. Whether or not, you know, some couple of them are Juice. Steel Chambers is a redshirt sophomore, junior, I believe, but he's a, a converted running back playing linebacker. It's From the Georgia. inexperience. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's the inexperience in the back seven. And it it's been shown with Ohio State. I think they were the the mid nineties, right, for pass defense because they give up explosively. You saw it against Nebraska against no names, right? You saw it, you even see it, you, you see it in in bursts against Akron or, or against Tulane or, or Tulsa, whoever. Uh, they played early on. That is the main concern, especially after Aiden O'Connell dropped f- almost 550 yards passing against Michigan State, who we thought had a solid defense. It's going to be an intriguing matchup. Uh, Josh, one of your favorite wide receivers uh, in college football, David Bell there. I'm sure you're pretty excited for the matchup there. I was yeah. about to say, Josh, David Bell, if that if the, the, if the back end for Ohio State's having trouble, then uh, David Bell is going to uh, acerbate those troubles a little bit as things go yeah. on here. Yeah, Purdue, they don't care that your front four is good because they they don't want to run the ball at all. Like, O'Connell just wants to go deep. He just wants to hit David Bell and let the yak yards take care of itself. And he's just such a good deep threat. Like, for me, he is up there with the top-tier Big Ten wide receivers like Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson. Like, he is that good. Like, people remember Rondell Moore. I think he's better than Rondell Moore. I think he's a better possession guy than Rondell Moore. We're starting to see a little bit more of Rondell Moore's game in the NFL with the Cardinals. Like he's starting to get some like shorter pass and stuff like that. But I think Bell just does everything so well. 
So that's what I'm most excited about. Like if you're a draft person, you know, if you're trying to keep up like Washington, like I look at all these things, I study all these guys and David Bell just jumps off the tapes um, for me. But like I said, there's another guy that a lot of draft guys are loving and that's on the Purdue defense, Jalen Graham. He has been big in every single game and you can put him all over. It doesn't matter what linebacker spot you put him out. Like I said, he's played some hybrid like safety roles. He's just one of those hybrid guys that's just like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. and I'm going to be in every single play. So I think the biggest thing for them is, you know, stopping CJ Stroud. Don't let uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave get these big plays. Because outside of Jalen Graham, they have a couple of good guys, but they just don't have like a solid defense. You know, Kenneth Walker did get going a little bit. I saw Peyton Thorne run the ball, make some plays with his feet, which we haven't really seen this season, so it's kind of surprising to me. Um, so I think C.J. Stroud can do what he wants to against this defense. He just has to do it at the right times, not try to force anything and get the ball in Purdue's hands to where they can put up a lot of yards and some big points. Yeah, no no doubt. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, you know, so with that being said, uh what do you think? Is there some more Purdue magic in this one, guys? Uh, you know, Donovan, we know your prediction. We know you're picking Ohio <laughs> State. We don't even have to ask. Uh, but uh, what do you think the score is going to be? What, what does this one look like? I, I think Ohio State wins this one. Um, I, I think in the end, you know, Michigan State still scored about what was it, 29 points on them, uh, and they're a more one-dimensional offense than Ohio State. I'm going to go – uh, Ohio State 41. I'm going to go Purdue 31. I still think it's a close game, um, as it should be. Again, like you mentioned, Purdue's a good team. I mean, they're a top 20 team right now. Even with the loss to Ohio State, I th- still think they should stay ranked. You taking that 20-point spread? Oh, I absolutely am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm taking yeah, that That's, that's a lot. I mean, yeah. I get it. Like, it's Ohio State. Um, but I know Donovan remembers a, a game when Rondell Moore just went off and just crushed the hopes of Ohio State. Not too long ago. Um, so, like, I see that that could possibly happen. Like I said, David Bell has that capability of these big plays, putting up games for over 200 yards. Like, that's unheard of. Like, just cover the guy. Like, you know the ball's going to him, but still teams can't do it. So, I think it'll be close. I love that 20 points spread. Like, to me, and I get it, like, Vegas always knows, and now watch Ohio State wins by, like, 40, like, somehow – but 20 points is just a lot. Like, I'm crushing that all day long. I think this would be like a 38, 31, 38, 30 yeah. kind of game. Ohio State uh, still wins it, though. Gary, great point here on, uh, you know, O'Connell, number one quarterback, Big Ten West. I'm not sure how big of a compliment that is, though. Yeah. <laughs> The Big Ten West has got some hot garbage over there for some yeah. offense. But he's, he is really good, though. Like, I've been yes. impressed, especially against Michigan State. Like, he stepped up on the stage. It's always when you don't think Ohio State is going to do well that they end up uh, blowing uh, people yep. out, or when they when you think they are going to do well, they're they kind of a Oregon. Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde type yep. team. So I'll take uh, Ohio State. I will take Purdue to cover. I think this is a game where I think Ohio State uh, probably scores. I don't know. Maybe that maybe they score thirty eight points in this game, uh, and Purdue ends up something with. Uh, anywhere from 21 to 24. So I'll say uh, 30, 38, 24, give me Purdue to cover the the 20, but Ohio State to win and look better than they did last week. So that is our prediction on that. Set two of the of the big three, and I actually I had a little bit of problem here, and I, I took Ohio State from our set two <laughs> and put it in set one. So we're going to revert back here. We're going to jump down to set two for uh, Dan Mullen's job save for one week thanks to a week 11 FCS game. That's the headline. You know, I think that writing's already on the wall. I don't know. I, 
he may he may get to in theory keep it for another week having said that but when you lose 40 to 17 to a South Carolina team that played a quarterback who's never played before at the University of South Carolina he transferred from St. Francis does anybody even know where St. does he Anybody? Can anybody tell me where St. Francis? I'm gonna guess it's somewhere up north. It's in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. It's, I, I feel oh like yeah, it's in Pennsylvania, but I I don't know what division they are. FCS. I don't know. FCS. Well, they they were a team that I got a call on my 18th birthday. They called me and they offered me one of my first FCS scholarships. So I have a special place in my heart. That being said. That being said, you shouldn't go from St. Francis to uh, play South in the quarterback for South Carolina. And, and it used to be, uh, you know, competitive SEC program under the great Steve Spurrier there when he had to Davion Clowney and all that rolling on. The, the meme that will live forever, knocking that Michigan yeah. player's helmet back, you know, 15 yards in the air. So, right. uh you know, I think Dan Mullen, he, yeah, I don't know if they'll fire him to the end of the year. Who knows? They may not even fire him because of that buyout. They don't want to pay $12 million. Who knows? You'd we'll see. It. They'll raise the money tomorrow if it had to be. Uh, but going back to our bet, our bet was Purdue plus 20 versus Ohio right. State. I think we all like that one to take him. Oh, We've yeah. already given our rationale why. So now let's jump up. Since I got it out of order on that right there, let's jump back up to uh, Oklahoma at Baylor. Um, you know, guys – this is a Baylor team lost a little bit of the luster, I guess, you know, with uh, the, that defeat this, this past, this past week. Um, but we'll, uh, you know, we'll see Oklahoma. They've been in kind of Ohio state uh, mode, you know, not really just putting teams away when they, when they need to right now. And I think that's why they've been disrespected, uh, I guess, in theory by the CFP committee putting down at eight, uh, what are your thoughts on this Oklahoma and Baylor game? For, for me, it was embarrassing that TCU was able to throw for 461 yards against that Baylor defense, which has been really good throughout the season. They've been phenomenal stopping the run. Uh, held TCU, uh, their leading rusher, only 70 yards. But Oklahoma's offense is way better than TCU. Like, I expected TCU to get blown out. You know, Gary Patterson's gone for the first time in like 100 years. I was like, this is just a down bad game for TCU. And then, boom, Baylor just comes out looking slouch. I know it's at TCU, so I'm kind of leaning that way this time for Baylor. They're like at home, Baylor, home field advantage. We've talked about how much that actually does help throughout the season. And then, like you said, Oklahoma's been playing down. Everybody just kind of squeaking by. They're like that. They're kind of like in the same boat as Cincinnati, like the unimpressive, undefeated team. You're just like, all right, like they're undefeated, so we have to put them in the top ten but they haven't really shown us anything except, you know, Caleb Wilson being better than Rattler. So I think this is a game where Oklahoma could absolutely slip up. I think Baylor could get right after last week. Like I said, coming back home, it always feels good. You lose a tough one on the road. You come back home, like, all right, let's reset. We know what this one's worth. We know we can beat Oklahoma. They've shown us how to beat them and they can stop the run and make Caleb Williams once again, make those big plays. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you know it's a five and a half point spread, and when Vegas uh, that that tells you that Vegas doesn't expect you know Oklahoma to dominate this game by any means, and I think Caleb Williams, you know, I think he's great, and I think he'll be in the next couple of years have the chance to win a Heisman Trophy, heck, maybe two Heisman trophies. Who knows? I mean, he's that kind of that kind of no talented player, but I I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening. I think it'll stay tight because I think that's just what Oklahoma's DNA is this year. I think they're going to play just enough defense to to make stops when they need to. 
and they're going to find ways to, you know, utilize Caleb Williams' athleticism and, and make just enough plays. But being on the road at Baylor with a uh, Dave Veranda coach team that has a lot of pride, uh, they, they'll take on his personality. And I'm like you, Josh. I think they come out with uh, their backs against the wall. Why not? I'm going to say Oklahoma's, uh, you know, run to the CFP ends officially here, and I'm going to take Baylor to win to win this game. So I obviously have them covering. I'll have them winning outright, and the over under is 62. I'm going to take Baylor to win it. These games seem to be more low scoring with Oklahoma, just because of the nature of how they're doing things, uh, moving the ball side to side, trying to run it, and things like that. Uh, Baylor's obviously not adverse to playing that game. I'm going to take the under on this game. I'm going to say Baylor wins this game uh, 31. I'm going to say they win this game 31-27, Baylor. I'm not mad about it. I like Abram Smith, too, the running back out of Baylor. I think they can do enough to just control the game, not let Oklahoma get the ball, and let Caleb Williams make these big plays. I think Gary Bohannon can do enough. Like he, he's shown us this season, like he can't, he's not going to go out and like make huge plays and win the game, but he just has to make sure like he doesn't turn the ball over. He has to make sure that the game is well in reach for the defense to make big stops and offense to take advantage of that and score. So for me, I think Smith is the, the difference maker in this game. They stop Brooks on defense, get the ball back and let them bleed out the clock. Like you said, I think this could be a lower scoring game. Like it screams big scoring because it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma's defense is terrible. Like, Baylor can put up points, but we think Oklahoma can score too. But 62 and a half is just, it's a lot. I think I agree with you. I could see this being a 28, 24, 28, 23 game. And I honestly am leaning more towards Baylor too. Yeah, I think when it comes down to it, I mean, would you believe me if I said that Oklahoma, the 17th ranked run defense in the country? It doesn't feel like that, right? Because no. their defense has just been. And Bajan Robinson had like 600 yards. <laughs> yeah. And so like, even with that statistic, right. It, you you still think that matchup, you know, in the rush offense versus run defense still favors Baylor. Right. I, I, here's the thing is that Baylor losing to TCU, even though it's at Baylor, I think killed a lot of the momentum, right. That you lose to a team that just lost their head coach and Gary Patterson, like you guys mentioned. I think that I don't. I, I think Oklahoma's going to win this game. And I don't think they drop a game until they play Oklahoma State because I think Oklahoma State in the next couple of weeks, you know, unless they have a complete and total collapse, is the best team suited to beat them. A tough nosed defense, a team that you know when we talk about you know kind of a baseline, right? They don't go up and down, right? Even even when they lost to Iowa State, right? They come out the next weeks and they still play well. They they have they have a they just say steady, right? And Baylor has not shown that at this point. Neither is Oklahoma, honestly. But I think the talent difference and Caleb Williams, like like Gary mentioned in the comments, Caleb Williams is a stud, right? And he's still a freshman. He makes mistakes. I, I, I'm with you both. I'm taking the under on this. I think Oklahoma wins this game 30 to, I'm going to say, 23. Yeah, I like the calls on all those. I mean, I can see it being tied. I think we're all in agreement on that. Uh, so now our third set of the big three here, our last uh, headline is Notre Dame falls to Virginia. Um, I can definitely see that Notre Dame is a five-point road favorite uh, right now at Virginia. But guys, you know, that's the – that's the, no, yeah, they're a five-point road favorite at Virginia. Um, that's the bet online spread right now. Over-under is 64 and a half. 
Uh, guys, when you're talking about Virginia, you got to talk about Brennan Armstrong, who is just dealing at quarterback. I mean, I was looking up uh, numbers earlier this year. When you talk about just production-wise, guys, I mean, he's got 405-yard game, 555, uh, 554 yards against North Carolina, 407 against uh, Wake Forest, 487 against Louisville. I mean, you know, three 396 against Georgia Tech. They're going to stress – this Kyle Hamilton and this defense back there. Kyle Hamilton's a great player, but he can't do it all by himself. And we've seen him give up nearly 40 points to Florida State earlier this year. Tulsa, uh, Toledo puts up 29 points with, with a decent decent quarterback play, but I don't know if they've played anybody with the uh, kind of skills and ability that Brennan Armstrong has. Yeah, so I actually live in Charlottesville now. Like the the stadium's like a walk distance for me. So like I know all about UVA and Brennan Armstrong's been killing it. I mean, he said putting up video game numbers. Now he's banged up. He's still uncertain for the game with that rib injury. They don't know, but it sounds like like everything I've been seeing going around. Um, they've been talking about the game. They've they kind shoot of him up with a little oh, tore yeah. all in don't there. Don't numb it up. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have like eight broken ribs by the end of the night, and not feel it till the next day. But like they've been hyping up saying like, all right, we think he's gonna play this game. Um, especially with Virginia Tech, you know, big big games like this coming up. I think he's gonna play, and that's huge because I agree with you. Like, like you said, Kyle Hamilton, he's a beast. He can he can do a lot. But he can't cover both sides of the field. So I think Brent Armstrong knows that, and he can stretch the field. They can get a run game going. But Virginia's defense is really bad. I mean, you don't even have to watch just the BYU game where they scored like 100 points in the first half. It's it's just so bad, which is crazy because it's usually the other way around for UVA. Usually their offense is like so hard to watch. Like, man, this defense is good. I just want them to have some kind of production on offense, and it's just never there. And now it's 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 like that meme with Thanos. They're like, hey, like we have a defense. Like, what did it cost? Or like we have an offense. He's like, it costs everything. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it is now. Like their defense is so bad, but their offense can score enough to keep up with it. So for me, I haven't seen enough of a Notre Dame offense. You know, besides the running game has been getting going to be like, hey, we can you know outscore them. I just don't know. I I like UVA in this game. Um. But if if, Don, if 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 Brandon Armstrong is not 100% and Kyle Hamilton just lighting it up, then I could see it getting bad. Yeah, Donovan, real quick, I just, I mean, you know, Notre Dame, I don't I don't trust Jack Cohn in a shootout. No, no, not at all. And uh, don't get me wrong, they've, especially in the offensive ball rush running, run game-wise, they've stepped it up a little bit in this latter half of the season. But as we see from a lot of teams, right, Ohio State, we see it in Oklahoma, whether or not you start to show, you know, some massive improvement doesn't mean you cannot revert back to what you were earlier in this season, right? We we saw it again with Ohio State, dominant Indiana, and then I, I get Nebraska. They, like I mentioned, they did it against a lot of top teams, but it's still Nebraska. You revert back to, like, what you looked like in early stage against Akron, right? Early stages against Oregon, right? So I, I don't care what Notre Dame has been showing recently because if, if anything this season that we've seen – is that it doesn't matter what you're showing now. You can revert back easily to what you were earlier in the season. And Notre Dame, of all the top 10 teams, alleged top 10 teams, I think is most susceptible to that. No doubt, no doubt. And our last preview here, actually we have a best bet uh, before we get to our last preview. Best bet is Auburn minus five and a half versus Mississippi State. Now, uh, you're saying take the five and a half, Josh, on this one, right? 
I like it. It's it's hard picking Auburn and anything, um, let alone uh, betting wise. I won't personally do it just because I can't. I don't bet on Alabama either. It's just a personal thing. Um, but for me, I think Mississippi State has shown like how one dimensional they are. And I think Auburn's defense has been phenomenal this year. I think their pass rush has been getting there. Obviously, the big weight in all this is Bo Nix. He got torn up by Texas A&M, who we're going to talk about here soon. And Mississippi State's not a bad defense. Like they've got some good playmakers. They got a pretty solid, you know, uh, pass rush, a good secondary. But for me, I think that Auburn can run the ball on Mississippi State, get things going, kind of once again just control the game. And Bo Nix is going to want to bounce back from that ugly performance against Texas A&M. So I think five and a half. I like the matchup. It's hard for me to say, but I'm going with it. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good bet there. I think Auburn will will bounce back in that game, but uh, never count out uh, uh, you know Will Rogers and the Pirate Mike Leach over there. You never you never know what's going to happen. With Eighty passing State. attempts. They do some uh, they they do some crazy stuff over there for sure. Texas A and M at Ole Miss. That is our last preview here. That's how we'll kind of uh, wrap things up in our preview section before we talk about our top ten. CFP rankings, what we think they should be uh, going into tomorrow night's reveal. Ole Miss, uh, you know, they're a team that that they were red hot earlier. They were everybody's darlings. They've had a couple of losses, uh, you know, mixed in here. So, you know, what are the opinions on Ole Miss at this point in the year, Donovan? I mean, and I know you got Matt Corral there still technically a Heisman candidate and all that kind of stuff. What's uh, what's the the vibe on this one with the Aggies who are playing red hot going into Oxford? Yeah, as much as I love Matt Corral, I mean, and Josh, maybe you agree with me. He, he might be my favorite quarterback for Washington uh, coming up. And I think he's a phenomenal player, but that doesn't escape the fact that Ole Miss has been averaging 27 points per game in the last four games, not against anyone uh, great. They're not playing Georgia, not playing Alabama in the last four games. They're playing LSU. Uh, they're, they're, they're playing Liberty, right? They're, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with Ole Miss and their offense specifically. Um, what I do know is that Texas A&M has you know, kind of turned it back on as of late. It's a shame uh, just for college ball sake we didn't see them do that earlier on in the season because – you know, this Texas a team was preseason ranked in the top seven and they still would have been there, right. If they wouldn't have dropped the game. Um, I, I think the big key for this, uh, and this may be surprising. I think Zach Calzada for Texas a is like one big hit away from having a, uh, just having a hit that he cannot come back into the game for, right. We've seen it like three different times where he gets cracked, right. And somehow miracle right against Alabama, or, or last week he comes back and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought he just died. I, yeah. I think Ole Miss needs to dial up the pressure because if they can get to him, and, and again, I never, I, I'm not actively rooting for him to get hurt. I'm not saying he's going to get hurt. I'm just saying these are the cards that have been dealt so far this season, and he has been beaten up right behind an offensive line that you know we kind of said was going to struggle a little bit. They have a couple of really good players, but overall they struggle a little bit. That I think is the key for Ole Miss to dial up the pressure kind of get back to that offense that they had the fast moving fast pace offense that we haven't seen as of recent. Yeah. For me, I'm looking at this Texas A&M defense, which has been phenomenal all season long. Like, you know, made big plays, created some turnovers against Alabama, like in the red zone made opportunities for the offense. And what I saw against Auburn was the Texas A&M defense. Like we've been expecting all season long. 
and we thought was going to be like this high-ranked dominant team with the offense that could, you know, complement it with Spiller, Watermeyer, and all that. But for me, it's DeMarvin Leal at 6'4", 290 pounds, and five and a half sacks this season, and Michael Clemens at 6'5", 270, complementing him with three and a half sacks this season and a forced fumble. Matt Corral, the last few weeks, obviously he had Liberty last week, which garbage. I feel sorry for Malik Willis. Um, but he's shown like under pressure, like he can get hit. We saw him get banged up against Auburn. He had to leave and he came back. Texas A&M, when you talk about Ole Miss bringing the pressure, Texas A&M is going to do the same thing. They know like they have a good running game with Ely and uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Snoop Connor. Snoop, Snoop Connor. They, they can, they're not going to be able to run the ball. I don't think Ole Miss is going to be able to run the ball. I think Matt Crow is going to try to do those plays, you know, design runs, create something out of nothing on his feet. I think Texas A&M is going to shut that down. DeMarvin Neal is a beast. I love Leal's game at the next level for the NFL. But I think they're going to put Crowell under a lot of pressure. He's going to have to create big plays, and it's going to lead to some turnovers in the secondary. Um, so I think A&M, stylistically-wise, this is a terrible matchup for Ole Miss. Like, luckily, it's at Ole Miss, so it could be a little bit closer, but still, I love A&M this game. None your business with a four ninety nine super chat here. So we appreciate Nunya. Uh, he said just join the stream. What are your thoughts on Oregon being in the top four with a loss to three and six Stanford? Any scenario where they went out and get left out? You know, I don't I mean, I don't think that that the committee's gonna end up putting Cincinnati in regardless. I think Cincinnati can win all these games that, that, that they've got out left and, and there's nothing good enough for them to jump anybody. So I think if everything stays status quo, if Oregon keeps winning, I think they're going to, they're going to get in. I mean, I, I don't see any scenario where they don't get in. I think that's just a, you know, Donovan, you know, pointed to it earlier, one game or one struggle that's considered an accident, right? Two, that that considers to become you know a little bit of a uh, a an alarming trend deal going on number three it's a it's it's a problem you yeah. know so accident a trend and then a problem and cincinnati's got a problem mm-hmm. uh oregon i don't think has that oregon's been f- fairly consistent throughout the year they just they've gone through a lot too their offense their offensive coordinator was out not calling plays for that game that gets a mix up right there uh, going on, you know, with that game. Injuries all over the place. Yeah, a lot of injuries. So uh, that's the Oregon. But uh, we had to throw that super chat out there, and we'll always do that when guys uh, throw, the, throw the super chats out. So we appreciate that, yeah. uh, Nunya. But um, that was a super wonky, like, uh, loss to Stanford, too. Like, the ending of that game was just like, boom, boom, boom. Like, crazy play, crazy play, crazy play. Oregon should be undefeated right now with a big win against Ohio State, which we'll talk about in our rankings of how much these head-to-head matchups, how much weight they have in the rankings, and the playoff committee showed that right off the bat. Yeah, I, I really, I really think that they, they, the committee likes Oregon a lot. Uh, you know, for for sure. So, um, I think that that their resume it's good for is, the alliance. Uh, it's standing out. Yeah, good for the <laughs> alliance. So, um, but back to what you were talking about with Texas A&M and Ole Miss. I agree. I think that, you know, when you're talking about a Texas A&M team, you got a defense that is rock solid, right? I mean, I think that's why you're talking about why Texas A&M was ranked in the, you know, well up in the top 10 earlier before the year. Um, and it's just it's just difficult to, you know, they, they had those hiccups against Mississippi State, against Arkansas, where they had some quarterback issues early on. Zach Calzada hadn't really, you know, found his footing yet, things like that. 
But then he comes in in Alabama and plays the game of his life. He his legend grows this week against uh, Auburn. You know, as he gets knocked out of the game, comes back in again, does some good things. So uh, Texas A and M has won the Alabama State Championship. They've defeated uh, Auburn and Alabama. Uh, so they they are the the champions of Alabama for 2021. And uh, now they will try to go into uh, into Oxford and do the do the same thing to Matt Corral and a uh, you know, very talented, you know, Lane Kiffin run offense that's going to going to try to test that defense. But that defense has a lot of experience, has a lot of speed, um, and the culture that Jimbo Fisher is trying to instill there, I think, is really taking root in Texas A and M and and man, the recruiting. Uh, they got Walter Nolan as a commit week. this yeah. this weekend. They got another receiver, a highly ranked receiver uh, that committed to him this weekend. So Texas A and M starting to really pick it up on the trail, and they're doing their darndest to get up there in Alabama and Georgia territory when it comes to recruiting on a consistent basis. Uh, yeah, Walter so, Nolan's the highest ranked recruiting all time, like past Miles Garrett. That's how good he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he. I, I went and saw him in person up at uh, uh, Powell, Tennessee, a couple. I guess it was uh, late August, early September. I saw him in practice, and uh, just a guy that's that big shouldn't be able to move with that much suddenness to him. Now, uh, I think he's got to get some consistency about him. There was plenty of te- plays that he was taking off, you know, in practice and things like that. He's got to he's got to grow out of that some a little bit. But he's also got a little brother who's a freshman that is uh, well built, you know, from <laughs> the, the hips down. You know what I'm saying? Like he's 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 a built in buffet. Yeah, he's got the he's got the 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 wide hips, the big legs that everybody's looking for out of the offensive lineman uh, at that highest power five level, and uh, is able to bend and move for a freshman. So the 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 Nolan family is gonna ha- that won't be the last big D one uh, commit they have uh, in that in that family. But go ahead and retire, Mama Nolan. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, Donovan. Uh, go ahead and give us your uh, prediction here on Texas and it scored prediction, and then we're going to wrap it up with our uh, big ten or our top ten here for each of us. Well, I, I like that you're thinking, you know, Big Ten, top ten. It makes sense. You know, there's a bunch of Big Ten teams in the top ten, but I, I'm going to go Texas A&M in this game, um, even though it is at Old Miss. I think we've seen a lot of struggles from the Old Miss offense. I don't think their defense is good enough to stop, you know, a Texas A&M offense that isn't anything special. Um, but can score if you let them. Um, in the end, I'm going to go Texas A&M. Uh, I'll go 27. I'm going to go Ole Miss 23. Okay. Uh, well, Josh, what do you think? Te- you got Texas A&M two-and-a-half point favorite on the road with a f- over and under 55-and-a-half. Oh, yeah. I-, I take that all day long. Like I said, I love Texas A&M in this matchup. Uh, Ole Miss allows 194 rushing yards per game. So a good way to help out your quarterback is to hand it off to Isaiah Spiller, who's one of the top, you know, running backs in the SEC. It's going to open up the game for guys like Wadmeyer down the field to expose this Ole Miss defense. That's yeah, there's hasn't been a good defense. I mean, you're looking at teams like Tennessee and the shootout. I mean, the Arkansas game, like they just haven't been consistent. They've just been leaning on that offense to score big points. And like I said earlier, Texas A&M is not going to let that happen. I think Texas A&M wins this one. I think it's going to be like a 30, 35-20 game, 35-17. I don't think it's close. I think Matt Crowell is going to be frustrated all game long. Like I said, it starts up there with Leal. Yeah, and I just uh, – I, I definitely like, you know, Texas a and by, by two and a half, even though it's at Ole Miss. But I just don't know. I'm, I'm again, going with 
I'm going with the under here. I just feel like it's a it's more of a low scoring contest with what you said about I think you know Jimbo Fisher knowing that hey I've got one quarterback on this roster that's able to do some stuff. I don't need to let, make him take too many hits. I, you know I need to be able to run the ball and kind of bleed the clock and get out of here and do some things like that. So I think that's the approach they'll take. Now I'm sure they'll have some explosive plays um, down the field and that'll that'll expedite things a little bit. But I'm gonna take. Uh, Texas A&M to win this game, but I will. I do think it'll be a lower scoring game because I don't. I don't think Ole Miss to be able to generate some of the the bigger plays that they've been able to do. Matt Corral, I think, will find it tough against that front seven to Marvin Lill. Some of those guys. Uh, I, I think John, Johnson uh, had two sacks for him in that game uh, last week. He he was a beneficiary of some of that attention that the Marvin Lill got. So we shall see. Uh, you know, what ends up happening in that game. But I think Texas A&M uh, takes this one. I'm going to take it more of a low-scoring game. I think they win this one uh, 24. I, I'm going to take I'm gonna take them to win it 24 to 14, something like that. I think they really stifle Ole Miss's offense. Um, but with that being said, uh, you know, I think you're going to see um, – I think you're going to see Texas A&M show up in some of these top tens here. But Donovan – Go ahead and uh, not in yours, but they will in uh, mine. Uh, go ahead. Still and, uh, wake. Where yeah. you think your top ten would be right now? I'll roll through these pretty quick again. Georgia, unquestioned number one. Nothing's changing week in week out for them. Ohio State still number two. Again, they struggled against Nebraska, but so did Oklahoma. So did Michigan State. So did Michigan. We didn't penalize for that at that point, uh, and I'm not penalizing Alabama for having six. Six. That wasn't a uh, misspoken word. Six rushing yards against LSU. Uh, I put Oklahoma at three. I, I think there's a there's a struggle right now of after Georgia, those two through four, right? I don't know if anyone deserves to be at any, you know, higher than anyone else. And so at that point, I just kind of go off of who do I think it really w- could would have the best opportunity to win. You know, 10 times out of 10 or 10 games played, who's going to win most of them? I genuinely think that right now Ohio State would win more than half the games they play against Oklahoma and Alabama. And I think Oklahoma would split it almost even with Alabama, just because Alabama has been honestly just as inconsistent as Oklahoma, in my opinion, Josh would probably disagree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon, I put up number five. I think they're coming to their own a little bit. I get they play a weaker schedule, but they have athletes, right? They're, they're showing some, some grittiness to it. I understand they, they, they all, you know, they, they didn't almost lose to Washington, but it took Washington having a, 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 punt you know snapped out of the back of their end zone to make that game a two-score game Cincinnati we touched on a decent amount listen they deserve to be ranked you know where they're at in the CFP rankings now but other than that unless it's absolute chaos there's no way they're getting in they're just not proving they deserve to Michigan State will do the Alabama test you lose to an unranked team uh, we'll drop you down four spots I think that is a fair ranking drop from three to seven Michigan I can't out of principle put them ahead of Michigan State again you know my feelings about the Wolverines I think they're slow I think they'll get exposed by Ohio State when the time comes be Oklahoma State again tough defense great culture great run game I think we're going to see them eventually upset upset the Sooners and then Wake Forest I'm keeping them in there because I think they can score on just about anybody I think they would give fits uh, to a lot of the teams in the top 10, and I think they would give fits to the teams right behind them. Um, even Texas A&M, I understand that Texas A&M, you know, just athlete-wise and physicality-wise would maul them uh, up front, but I think they could score on anybody. 
Except for Georgia, maybe. I don't know about Georgia. I don't know about Georgia. So we might not be able to score on Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I'll run through mine also. Obviously, Georgia number one. I'm keeping Alabama at number two. I get it. I'm not going to make excuses for a six-point win. I'm not going to say, you know, this is Coach O's last time going against Alabama, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go that. We won, so I'm not going to make any excuses. I'm going to keep Oregon at three moving up. Um, taking over Michigan State spot. Because once again, like I said, they love that win over Ohio State. So that's why I have Ohio State right behind them at four. You know, Ohio State's getting it together. They're finally clicking. Looked good against Penn State. But you can't put them over Oregon because Oregon beat them. And until Oregon loses, I've got to keep them there. So I've got Oklahoma at five. Hopefully, uh, you know, they can make a statement against Baylor. It'd be their first statement really of the season other than Texas, I guess. Um, so I'm keeping I have them at five. And then Michigan State at six. Not going to drop them too much. I think Purdue has shown that they are actually a really good team on both sides of the ball. And I think we're going to see that against Ohio state this week. Um, I have seven Michigan, and it's funny because I told Blaine before we start recording, Michigan can somehow still make it like into the top four in the playoffs. If they win out, if they beat Ohio state and go through this gauntlet and win the big 10, I think Michigan's really good. Their defense is phenomenal. Um, I, th- I think they showed that their offense is a little bit more in the past game than we what we expected. And like I said, they could easily have been undefeated if they would have beat Michigan State in that one that they really should have. Um, Cincinnati at eight, that's just they're not doing it for me. I, I can't sit here and sit down and say, man, let me watch Cincinnati play this terrible team that they're supposed to blow out, and it's going to be a close game every single week. They just haven't passed the eye test, and I think that's as important – some of these other uh, factors. Let me listen to, let me listen to Mike Golick Jr. Try to say good stuff about Jeez. Cincinnati. How do does it. he get their game every week? I don't know. Uh, to me, I'd like give me someone else. Send me out to the Mac or something where I can watch some competitive games. Yeah, I'm right. Uh, it was the heck? Hey, I like some Mac games. <laughs> Oak State, uh, phenomenal defense like we talked about. If they can beat Oklahoma to end the season, they get them after a gauntlet that Oklahoma is about to have to go through uh, with Baylor, Iowa State. Um, I believe, and then Oak State at Oak State, they can make some noise too. And then Texas A&M, I think they're absolutely a number ten team, which looks and helps out Alabama a lot more. Saying, "Hey, you know, Kyle Field's one of the hardest places to play. Alabama went there, they lost. Maybe that loss isn't as bad as what we thought it was at the time, because now Texas A&M's beating up on some SEC teams." No doubt, no doubt. A good good perspective there on that. And here's mine. Uh, yes, I am going to do what the committee won't do, and I'm going to say. That win for Oregon over Ohio State in the year is no longer relevant with how the, these teams are 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 going to you know be right now at this point in the year. I don't think Oregon would beat Ohio State if they played again. I know Ohio State uh, you know struggled this past week, but I'm just telling you on a neutral field, uh, I think that that Ohio State has improved. So I'm going to put them at three. So I'm going to go uh, Georgia one, Alabama two. Ohio State three, Oklahoma four, then Oregon. My my problem with Oregon is I have little to any, if any, respect at all for the Pac-12. I just feel like the Pac-12 is very, very down. Um, and I don't, you know, even a team they had to fight to beat Oregon had to fight to beat UCLA when UCLA is just not not a good not a good ball team. I mean, they, they, it's it's really not. I, I feel like at the Pac Pac-12 is highly highly uh disappointing and you know i will give them the benefit of being over michigan state now that michigan state just lost to purdue but i think that's actually like you said josh that's not a terrible loss purdue and mississippi state both are the only teams that have uh 
defeated multiple teams that are ranked currently in the in the top 25 uh, right now. Uh, still ranked now, not when they were playing them at the time, but still ranked right now in the in the in the rankings. So uh, that that is something to be said for the Boilermakers, of course, which we already talked about. Michigan, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and Texas A and M to round it out. I think the the Aggies are playing really really well. If Alabama slips up just one time going in these in these you know one of these their last two SEC contests, uh, then it'll be Texas A and M in the it'd be Texas A and M in the SEC championship against uh Georgia instead of Alabama if that were to happen. So that it that are that is my top ten rankings. I don't know that's what the committee will do. Who knows what, what they'll do. I, I think they need to Oregon drop Oregon will be two watch. Oregon may jump up there. Who knows? Alabama uh coming off that. But I guys I just think that Cincinnati needs to I think they need to be brought back down to to earth a little bit because they're being hyped up for absolutely no reason. I think the Bearcats are garbage. I've said it for for weeks now. I, I think they're pretenders. Uh, so I think they need to be. I would drop them. I wish I could drop them out all the way out of the top ten. Uh, but you know, realistically, it's just a year where nobody's really great except Georgia's blowing the doors off of people right now. Nobody's challenged them. We'll see if they get a challenge or a 20-point favorite on the road in, in Knoxville. I cannot – I am – I've been watching Georgia football for a long time. I cannot remember, you know, other than maybe a couple years ago and and when Tennessee was just in dire straits where Georgia opens up as a 20-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Knoxville. just doesn't happen. So, uh, I, I don't – I don't. I'm not real worried about that game for Georgia, just because I, I, Tennessee lives off of big plays, and they gave up 612 yards to Kentucky. Who doesn't Kentucky is not an offense juggernaut. So I think you're going to see uh, Georgia put up a lot of yards there and continue to uh, dominate in this game uh, upcoming this week, and they'll hold on to that number one spot and we'll see what the committee does tomorrow but uh donovan josh any last thoughts before we sign off here no i think this week has a lot of great matchups that can impact the college football playoffs um so i think once again we'll learn a lot this week and then in the next episode we'll break it down and give our uh, new rankings which i think we could we could see some some movement in it I, like i said i'm interested to see where if they penalize alabama for a close win against lsu or if they, you know, keep Oregon as high as they do and how far they drop Cincinnati. So I think it is interesting, though, that you brought up Texas and them might, you know, put their cap in there if Alabama does lose to Auburn. And or goes Arkansas. Uh, we'll see. More, <laughs> more likely Auburn. I don't think they lose either, obviously, but more likely Auburn to where they could say, hey, go to SEC championship game and win. That That's interesting to me. Yeah, they're not going to keep a even a two-loss ACC champion out of the playoffs, though. So that would be a uh, that would be a problem for either Oregon uh, or Michigan State, one of those two, who or Michigan, whoever ends up being that other team. Uh, you know, because if they run the table, you know, they beat Alabama, they would have you know beat the rest of the 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 teams on their schedule after the Mississippi State and and uh, Arkansas debacle. They would go on the road, beat Ole Miss. They would have beat Georgia in the ACC championship. I don't, I don't think they're going to keep them out at that point. But uh, Donovan, last thought before we uh, sign off here. 
Yeah, I'll throw out this one hot take is uh, I think Texas is barely a top 15 team. That is my hot take for tonight. I'm going to stand by it because they were, what were they, number five, number six at the beginning of the season. And I said, so I think they're pretenders. Um, I, I, I don't really care if the defense is that great. I'm waiting for them to collapse a little bit. And I know I picked them against Old Miss, and I think they will win against Old Miss. Um, if they lose against Old Miss, I will double down on that hot take and say that they are not a top 15 team. He'll put another one in the oven. Yeah. I, I, think, I think they're like 13, 14 right now. Barely yeah. hanging on by a threat. But you got to respect him switching quarterbacks and still oh, yeah. maintaining I, success. Yeah, he's banged absolutely. up. He might be on crutches by the time. It tells you the game. culture, but I just, yeah. I, I don't think they could, I don't think they could keep up with a lot of great offenses out there in college football right now. I, I don't. I mean, I, they kept up with Alabama, but. You know, no offense, Josh. I mean, like, Alabama, Ohio State, like a lot of teams have been inconsistent this year. I, if I'm, here's a hypothetical: if if Georgia were, to, let's say Alabama lost another game, and Georgia were to face A and M uh, in the SEC championship game, what do you think that point spread would open up at? Georgia faced Texas and M in the SEC championship. Georgia thirteen and a half. Thirteen and a half. Uh, I'd say Georgia probably seventeen. I, I mean, I, I, and I would. I don't think it'd be that much. I think you'd see no. Georgia. I think you'd see Georgia like minus nine and a half or something like that. I think it'd be. I think 10 I, and a half, just, 13 and a half is what they would. I just have a, I just have a major respect for Texas A&M's defense and the talent they have over there on that side of the ball. I really, I really think that, uh, you know, Texas A&M is, is pretty stout on that defensive side. Now Georgia would eat Zach Calzada and that, that, offense alive yeah. i mean uh you know when your strength is your running backs and you, they have to go up against georgia's uh front seven that's not a good recipe for you and i don't think jalen weidermeyer is gonna uh, be a mismatch for him either um have to have like 400 yards for you to keep it <laughs> yeah but that's a that's a that's a hypothetical for another day so that is our episode where we've reacted to week 10 we've previewed games for week 11 hope you will you know, tune in each week. We're going to go try to go on Sunday nights. We may go Monday nights. We'll put it out there on Twitter. Follow us at CFB Unfiltered. Go out there. Monday nights may actually end up being a better better deal for us, uh, leading right into the CFB playoff uh, reveal, the rankings reveal each week. So, like I said, subscribe. Turn on notifications. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just search CFB Unfiltered. Search any one of our names. They'll come up. You'll be able to to find it there. But uh, appreciate everybody tuning in. And for Donovan White and Josh Taylor, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next time on CFB Unfiltered. This is not ending. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.